first um first i want to uh start off with asking you a question uh how do you feel about this might sound a little crazy but how do you feel about tips like tipping pause tipping what do you mean by that like as far as um like say you're in a restaurant you're out eating and you know as far as like service goes like do you think it's it's automatic or you base it off of the uh the service um the way I was brought up it's always automatic but it's also based on the service as well on how well we tip or how well we do not tip mm-hmm. um I don't know like if the service is good or bad I still tip right you know but if the service is bad I'll just give the beer minimum if the service is good I always make sure I tip extra so they remember me when I come back into the spot. Mm-hmm. You know, as many times I've been to a spot where it's like jam-packed and they see me and it's like, oh, yeah, I remember that dude. He was a good tipper. And they see me right away. So right, right, I right. believe in tips. Okay, okay. So you you being a part of the nightlife, a uh, perfect example would be, say you're in a club, I'll say here in New York City, and the venue that you're at, they have a... Uh, a tender in the uh in the restroom. Now, it's not normal in most venues or clubs in New York City where we have someone in the restroom handing you, you know, paper towels or whatever. But do you feel like say you go use the restroom five times, for example, and do you feel like every single time? Well, first let me ask, do you feel like you would tip the the person that's Handed you the paper towel. I always tip the person's handing me a towel. Okay. Now, if, like I said, for example, you use it five times, do you feel like every single time no. you have to? No. Just the one time is... One time. Okay. And one time you tip him well enough so that he knows that he's he's not supposed to ask you for money after he sees you. Right, right, right. You know? You can't give the man a dollar and expect, like, you know, every time he's going to be that courteous and give you a, a napkin and, and, and soap with a smile, you mm-hmm. know? He's going to do it regardless, but... He's not gonna really want to do it. Right, right, right. Tipping a little something nice, he's always gonna, you know, treat you with love. Right. Okay. I respect it. I respect it. Well, well, first off, I would like to say, uh, you know, happy holidays. You know, it's been a while since we've seen each other. Um, I go by the name of CJ, and good morning, good afternoon, good night, and welcome to another episode of the Silent Noise Podcast. I'm your host, CJ, and today we have a very very special guest. Uh, the man has many titles. Um, fashion icon, DJ, artist, producer. Um, you name it, he's done it. Ladies and gentlemen, DJ Young Chow. What's going on, my brother? It's been an honor uh, having you here today. Thank you. Uh, it's... It's been an honor having you in my life for the past however many years. You know, we've done business. We've flown out the country. We've partied, done whatever. And I feel like us entering a new year and first off, you know, I'm starting off now doing video. And I feel like it was only right that it's a fresh start. Let me introduce this new chapter with some video. Correct. 
So a lot of people, you know, they listen to the podcast and they're like, you know, the the they want to see the face behind the the voice. So I feel like it's only right that, you know, I start uh with some video. So the first thing that I uh want to get into is how did you or I should say when did you become young child like when did you like yes you're a dj but when did you become when did you like get the name or who did you get it from okay so i've been djing for about 22 years wow yeah for a very long time right and my father's a dj you know it was a big dj from back in the days shouts to king chow king chow and you know Growing up, I always see my father DJ, and I'm like, yo, one day I just want to be like my father. I just want to teach it. I want to travel the world. I want to do this. And, um, you know, as a youth, he really didn't want me to play on the set because I used to break his needles. Back in the days, it was records. Mm-hmm. I used to break all his needles. So one time he went to London, whatever, and I just started playing with the needles, and I just started like, you know, I mean, I played with the needles, played on the records. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, doing my thing. And I, cause I saw him doing it so much that I kind of got a grasp of it and figure out how to do it. And, you know, he came back early from the trip and he saw me DJing. And when I saw him, I got scared, but he didn't look like he was upset. He looked like he was like, you know, honored that I'm actually taking this thing serious. Right. And um, from then, my father taught me how to DJ and I've been DJing. And after he was like, yo, man, you know, you gotta have a name for you, bro. So I'm like, all right, what about Prince Chow or something Chow? Or, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Some we had all kind of crazy names. It came to the point where um we was in Toronto, my father was doing a gig with uh Masha Mentano. Mm-hmm. And Marshall Matano was like, yeah, boy, I see a son getting on bad. I see a son DJing. Yeah, that is the young Chow. Mm-hmm. Then after when he said that, your father's like, oh, that sounds cool. So it stick. I like that. So I just stuck from right there. Nice. Yeah. So do you recall knowing how long your your father was DJing prior to? So I'm I'm assuming that you learned from him. I learned from my father. My father been DJing for about over 40 plus years. Mm-hmm. Very long time in DJ, you know, from Trinidad to Canada, he migrated to New York, then he traveled the world. You know, he used to also play with a guy named Baron Lee in the Dragonairs from back in the days. Mm-hmm. He's a play, like that's a band, you know, a Jamaican band, but they also have um, soca artists in the band and they sing soca, but they're Jamaican. Mm-hmm. Baron Lee is Jamaican. And when he toured, you know, like, of course, the main stage, the main performance is Byron Lee, but he also needed a DJ to warm up and stuff. And he used to bring mm. my father on him, with him on tours and stuff like that. So, mm, years. Nice. So, you were born here, correct? Or you were born in Trinidad? No, I was born in Canada. In Canada, really? Yeah. Okay. In Montreal. So, you started DJing in Canada? or you? No, no, no. When you got here? As soon as I was born, I was born in Canada. I never lived there, like literally never lived there. I was born in Montreal, Canada. And um, as soon as I was born, my mother migrated to Brooklyn. She took me and my brother. 
And I guess she did it for like, you know, citizenship purposes. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's how me and my brother, we got our American citizenship, we got a Canadian citizenship, and we have our Trinidadian citizenship. Mm -hmm. But um when we when we when we we moved straight to Brooklyn, we moved straight to Canarsie. After that, um a few years passed, we went to Trinidad. So we migrated, so we so we back and forth from Trinidad and Brooklyn, Trinidad and Brooklyn until we was like, you know, um like seven, eight and after we went to school in Brooklyn. You know, so yeah, so it's it's like between Brooklyn and Trinidad. That's what I really grew up from. I was born in Canada. Nice. Yeah. So you started DJing at a at a young age and then so what or how did you get to DJing as far as going all over the the, the world? Like did that did that start at a young age as well or did that when you reached like into your twenties? That's when it started. No, like, I started when it was like like 18, 19 when I was going to college. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, like I said, I started when I was about 10, 11. So it was in junior high school. You know, we was doing little gigs here and there, you know, my father, whatever. But um, everything stemmed from high school. From ninth grade to 12th grade is like golden years because that's where young child really got created on the New York market. Mm -hmm. Whereas people really start to really see who's this kid, you know what I'm saying? Because you know, we were really popular back in the days. Right. Like really, really popular. Like everybody want to know who this young child is. You know, another thing that was kind of hot too was Canarsie Night School. Mm. I went to Canarsie Night School. And in Canarsie Night School, all the high schools from all over Brooklyn, they went to Canarsie Night School, like all the popular kids. So like when all the popular kids do parties, you know, they hire me. And after we was doing, you know, the Empire Skating Rank, we did the Bowling Alley, Kinesa, we did like Brooklyn Cafe, downtown Brooklyn. So I was just touching every part of Brooklyn. Right. So yeah, so it was just different. Like back in the days, we were those guys. Mm -hmm. And coming into coming into like leaving high school, going into college is where I really started to travel because that's where people like, you know what? It's like, damn, he he's doing this thing in Brooklyn. Let's bring him here. Let's bring him there. Let's bring him there. And it's it stemmed from like, yeah, like I say 18, 19, 20. Nice. Because one of the things that, you know, you brought up was you guys, you know, being popular and and you guys being known all over Brooklyn. And to this day, you know, I can I can attest to no matter what part of New York City pretty much. No matter where you guys go, you know, you and your brother, shouts to Chiny. Uh Facts, big with Chiny. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I feel like he's your number one supporter when it comes to, you know, the nightlife and whatever 100%. it is that you're doing. That's my dude. And um you guys are just loved. And, you know, you're saying that it's been like this for over 20 years. And yeah. you know, I I believe it. I, you know, I I've witnessed it. So so now, you know, we're creeping into the early 20s. And so one of the titles that you carry is you are a DJ for High 97. Correct. So do you remember when that started? I got on a Hot 97 when I was 21. And um, 
it started for me, like I said, like, you know, we, 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 all right. So this is how it really happened. Whereas the traveling started because of college, being in college, there's colleges all over New York, there's colleges all over America. So all the colleges wanted the hottest DJs to come play for their college. Mm -hmm. And all the girls like me back in the days. So of course they're going to go to the community board and be like, yo, hire a young child. So for me going to Binghamton, Syracuse, Albany, to Connecticut, to North Carolina, to like every college in, in New York. Like I used to DJ amongst all the big dogs, mm -hmm. amongst the Cypher Sounds, the Funk Flexes, the Mr. C's, like that was the people that was running back in the days. You feel mm -hmm. me? So every time they put me on a show with them, of course they want to shine. Of course they want to do their thing. Right. Then after I come on, they be like, yo, who is this little nigga? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, who is this nigga? Mm -hmm. So. Because now you got a buzz. Right. Just because we got a buzz because we were just so popular. Mm -hmm. So now, like, everywhere I go, anywhere I go, I'm with them. And I, I don't have, I'm not no radio. I'm not doing, you know what I'm saying? What they're doing. And after that, like, Mr. C was like, yo, son, I see what you're doing, bro. Like, yo, you got to come to the radio station and meet the other guys because you're doing your thing. But, you know, you got to see this kind of lane, whatever, whatever. So shout out to Mr. C. He the first one who told me to come to Hot 97 and introduced me to everybody, to, to, to Cypher Sounds, Camelo, Angie Martinez, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? All the big dogs, all the big dogs. So um, when he gave me the opportunity to go to Hot 97, I used to literally go up there every day. Like every day to go chill with them because right. that's how it was back in the days. So it was all love in the radio stations because you just go chill, you know, you meet all the execs, you meet all the um, radio personnel. You meet everybody that's in the music business because I, I this I was serious about this, mm -hmm. so I, I went up there every day. So um, twenty one now, they're doing recruitment for Hot ninety seven. They need new DJs. So of course, who's the first person they're gonna talk about? Right. Talked about me. Talked about Magic, Spinfo, Naeem, You know, um, DJ Walla. A good amount of us. Then after that, yeah, man, they was like, yo, listen, like we found our, we found our pick. And they picked us, they called us. The rest was history, bro. You know what I'm saying? So did that have any affiliation with the uh the Pitbulls? Or you guys are you were a part of the Yeah, well, um the Pitbulls are no longer a team anymore. I'm talking about from back then, like when you first started. Oh, no, no. It was Hot 97 first, mm -hmm. then the Pitbulls. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we joined Hot 97 as individuals. Mm -hmm. Then Flex, like, brought us in as the Pitbulls. Okay. Me, Mr. C, Magic, Naeem, um, a, a good amount of us before. Okay. So I just want to stay right there for one second and bring up uh, one of the things here in New York City. If you don't... If you guys... Listening, watching out there in New York City, we have this very popular radio station, Hot 97. And one of the things, I don't think they do it to this day, but say 10, 20 years ago, they uh, used to have this thing called the Hot 97 Street Team. Right. So from my knowledge, Street Team was in charge of any promotion, um, any flyers, any... You would see the vans or the trucks driving around the, you know, five boroughs. 
did you, well, the first question would be, were you a part of the street team? No. So having some knowledge of the promotion of the street team, did you apply that to how you ran your parties? Um, well, like your birthday parties. Not necessarily. I looked on to like other people for guidance of promotion. Like um, back in the days, you know, we're from Brooklyn. So, you know, they had the Steely Bashments. They had the, you know, the Massive Bees. They had like, like a, a whole different kind of element of promoting with looking at these, these, you know, these pioneers in the game. So we see how they give out their flyers. We see how they put up their banners, their posters. They see how we did networking, how they're talking to people. And we just literally learned from there. You know, we never, I never learned from Hot 97 Street Team because I already knew what to do. What to do. From yeah. learning from the, the higher ups, basically. Correct. Okay, that's cool. So currently to this day, you have your annual birthday party. Right. When, what year was your first birthday party? When I was 16. 16, okay. So that's 2004. Okay, so do you remember the venue? Mm -hmm. Of course, the loft. <laughs> the loft on Dean Street and uh, between Franklin and Classen. So... Franklin. When you when you threw that first event, like how how did it make you feel after or during that event? Like, did you have that like I made it, or was it like a you could learn from your mistakes? Or like how did how did it really make you feel? Um, well, you know, we always been doing parties since just fourteen and fifteen. You know, mm -hmm. we done the basement parties. We did doing like like um. Cafe, Alta, and stuff like that in Brooklyn. These are places that hold about three, four hundred people. So when I did my birthday party now, when I was sixteen, like that venue hold like seven hundred people, six, six, like five to seven hundred people, mm -hmm. and we rammed that building. And from there, I'm like, you know what? This is this is it. This is what I want to do. This is how we're gonna do it, and it's up from here. Right. No more turning back. Nice. That was it. So, since 2004, you've been consistent with throwing your annual birthday party. Mm -hmm. So, I want to say 2018 mm -hmm. was when, I don't know if it was the first time you did it, but you did the three-day. The first time I did it. That was the first time. Okay. Yeah. You did the three-day event. Um because your theme is red, black, and white. Right. So do you feel like, or did you feel like you doing the three-day event was difficult or it was just like- Of course. You just, just pulled the trigger and was no, like- No, it was difficult, bro. You know, but I, that's something I wanted to accomplish. Mm -hmm. You know, I always push myself to a great extent to always do something that I never did before. So I said, you know what? I never did this. Let me try it mm -hmm. because I always learned in life is best to try than not try and right. have regrets. Mm -hmm. The best you try and fail, then not do it and have regret for the rest of your life. So I was like, you know what? Let me try this. I think this is going to be a dope idea and I think I can execute it. Right. So yeah, we did it. Because at the time, 
I don't think anyone, and I mean, even until this, until this day, I don't think anyone has like the same mindset that you have when it comes to throwing, um, whether it's regular parties or your actual birthday party. Right. And that, that weekend, you did three different events in three different boroughs. Right. And from the first night, you actually did it in Queens. Right. And when I saw the crowd, like I've been, I've been to your parties in the past prior to that, that night, that first Friday night. But for you to actually have that many people come out consistently or consecutively rather for three days, it's just like, wow. And each day was a different theme and it was just like leading up to the Sunday, which was the finale on the boat. Yeah, the boat was nice. And uh, I believe you had uh, Shansia. Yeah, I had Shansia. And um, it was just like every day was just a different vibe, but it was just, it was vibes. Facts. So now... Um, this year, well, 2021, actually, uh, you tried something new again. Right. When we were, usually, you know, when, when it comes to your annual birthday party, you usually have me on board as far as promotion and stuff like that. So I believe we were in, I believe we were in Miami. Mm-hmm. And I had asked you, like, you know, what are we doing for your birthday? And your exact words to me were, I'm doing six parties. Yeah. I said, six? I'm like, nah, there's no way. And you said, yeah, six. And not only was it six parties, it was in six different cities. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, this this man is different. This man is different. So what what made you uh come up with the idea of doing six parties and it being in six different cities? The fact that this whole pandemic situation. And the pandemic, like you know, New York kind of shut down. Mm. So for me to eat, for me to pay my bills, for me to survive, I had to travel in different cities, you know what I mean, to make sure that I'm still working. Right. So I picked these cities because these are cities that was holding me down tremendously through the pandemic. Like Atlanta, Miami, North Carolina, Orlando, you know, these places, Dallas. Mm-hmm. They was holding me down through the pandemic. I was there like literally every week. Every week I was either there or some one one of the one of the six cities I was there. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know what? I grew a little, I grew a, b- a bigger fan base over there as well. Mm-hmm. So I said, let me do something over there just to show my appreciation. You know, so nice. that's how that came about. Nice. So speaking of the uh the pandemic, so I want to say late 2019, early 2020, pretty much New York was slowly but surely shutting down. And at the time, in I want to say early 2020. <laughs> We uh, actually had a, we were doing a weekly at um, at Chloe's, Chloe's in Brooklyn on the Tuesday, Tuesday Night Live. 
So if I'm not mistaken, it was like a countdown to when New York City was officially going to shut down and they were going to close all the lounges and clubs and stuff like that. And we were fortunate enough to have one of the last events, big events for that year, early in that year. And it was a pretty successful um, night. So the pandemic starts and everyone is home. Everyone is bored. Everyone is going crazy. We don't know what to do. We want to be productive. We don't know how to do it. So a lot of the DJs in New York City had an idea of going live on Instagram, whether it was playing music or just interacting with their their fans. And you had this idea of basically starting your own show. Right. On um I believe your first your first one on live was the the I think 2000s. Yeah, to, I did a Millennium Party. Millenn- yeah, there we go. Yeah, the Millennium Party. And it was something different. And it was like a regular party. Right. Made a flyer for it. We did promo for it. But it was just virtual. Right. Everything was just either on your phone, iPad, tablet, whatever device you want to use to go on you know, Instagram Live. So when you came up with that idea... Was it because you were bored or was it because you just wanted to be productive? Both. Both. Like, I hate to be stagnant, bro. When I'm stagnant, I lose my mind. I get crazy. Right. But it also puts me into a different perspective where I get to thinking. And all that time being home in the pandemic... You know, you get to think. You get to, like, you know, use your imagination. I was like, you know what? I want to do something that's never been done. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to do an actual party on Instagram. Right. You know what I mean? And I don't want to do a regular party. I want to do a theme party. Right. So the first party we did was the um, the Millennium Party. Mm-hmm. Then after, you know, I just continued to do a, a Togo party. Mm-hmm. And after the Togo party, I did a... um. A pajama party. Right. Then after, it's that pajama party that started all the recklessness. Mm-hmm. To, to what I know you're about to ask. Right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, so, so that that is what, you know, I want to get into next because that is what really made it take off. And for those who don't know, we're talking about skin out your hole and dash out your hole. So... <laughs> I believe it was on, what, Sundays and Thursdays? Thursdays was Dash Out Your Hole and Sundays was Skin Out Your Hole on a Sunday. Right. So, (laughs) I want to say it was something that just happened. It wasn't something that was like premeditated. No, it just happened. It was just like something something random. Random. (laughs) Because anybody that was watching the... The, the parties on live, you knew that anything was possible. Correct. So you 
it was like an ongoing scene, and then it seemed like it just turned into an actual thing. So that party, that pajama party, actually did on a Thursday, mm-hmm. and that um the party was over, but I still wanted a DJ, and I'm like, yo, everybody who got on pajamas like me, call me up, mm-hmm. and I mean, let me talk to you. Let's let's I want to see you. So I was playing music in the background, whatever. And the craziest thing, as soon as I, I clicked on with somebody, a girl was just dancing. Mm-hmm. And I thought I was like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> I was like, okay, all right, this is going on. Then after she got off, another girl was dancing. Mm-hmm. Then I was like, oh, it's Thursday. Y'all want to dash out your hole, all right? Mm-hmm. Then after that, it just, it just stuck with that. Dash out your hole on a Thursday. Mm-hmm. And it changed from throwing Instagram parties to throwing dash out <laughs> lives. Right. And that just blew up. Like literally blue, right. blue, blue, blue. Every week we's having like 4,000, 5,000 viewers mm-hmm. every week. Right. And um, turned into contests, turned into competitions. We gave our money. It turned into something really crazy mm-hmm. to the point where anywhere I go now, I'm talking about like, because you know, outside kind of opened up. So yeah. I've been traveling, I've been doing a lot. Mm-hmm. Anywhere I go, they Somebody always walk up to me and be like, yo, I was watching through the pandemic, man. Mm-hmm. Yo, you saved my life through the pandemic. You had me entertained. And mm-hmm. I like stuff like that. So and I think, I think that's the part that people don't understand is you have people like yourself. You have people like who I actually want to get into, uh, Rigo. You have people like Kevin Crown, uh, Big Reef. Uh, people like those who kept us entertained. And until this day, they keep us entertained uh, virtually. And I just want to shout you guys out for for doing that. And so you you we were in the house for however many months, and you were doing the lives. So New York was closed but open. If that if that makes sense, All right? We were really on a if you know you know type of type of vibe, right? So then the next chapter would be the Private Wine series. Yes. So basically the Private Wine series started from, of course, Dash at Your Hole and Skin at Your Hole. And um, I was going to do an actual Dash at Your Hole event, but the venue I was going to do it at, the police were targeting it and they wanted to shut it down. So I was like, you know what? We got to make this more private. You know what? Private wine. Mm-hmm. And the first one we did was in a basement in East New York. And you literally had, it was on some secret society yeah. type vibes for real because you had to go by the door, knock, the knock on the door, <laughs> knock at the gate mm-hmm. and say like, you know, something. Yeah. Then they open the gate, they close back the gate and you walk down to a door. Mm-hmm. When you walk in that door, you walk in and you walk down the steps, mm-hmm. then you walk into the basement. But that party was incredible though. It was. It it kind of gave me like um like back in like the early 2000s vibe. Because yeah. there was no there was no like cell phone service. There was no Oh yeah, the cell phones wasn't working. There was no like room for like I mean people got had tables and got bottles and stuff, but there wasn't no real space. It wasn't a spacious event. So it really was on some like real bashment vibes. Yeah. And I feel like once that happened, 
it was just up from there because that Correct. led into the next one, which I want to say was, was that the All Blue or? No. The next one was um, Freak's Mask Cap. It was a private line part two. That's all. It wasn't no mm-hmm. theme. I, no I theme. didn't start doing themes till, like, we, till we got to like six. Mm-hmm. Then I did the Shades of Blue. Right. Then we did the all black private wine for a thing. For but, Black Friday. For Black Friday, yeah. Okay, okay. Because um a lot of people were were looking forward to it and I feel like every everyone it seemed like you were doing it like on a every week or like every month basis. Yeah, every month I was doing it, once a month. Okay, okay. Now just to get back to the uh the virtual doing the parties online. Now that you 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 know your fellow like colleagues, other DJs were on um online DJing parties and stuff. Did you guys communicate as far as like I right, I'm going on live at nine, yes, or I'm going online at at eleven, yes. or I'm going on this day. Yo, don't go this time because I'm going on. <clears throat> Well, basically, um, as we started going on live, we realized a pattern of people of what they're doing. Mm -hmm. So I realized that, okay, Rigo, he does Mondays and he does Fridays. I do Thursdays and Sundays. Mm -hmm. And Kevin does the morning show. Right. So it was like an unspoken rule. We already knew, like, you know, we're not going to touch that because that's what they're doing. Mm -hmm. You know, every morning, Kevin's on. Mm -hmm. So it's like... Why would we even try to touch that? Right. So yeah, we we figure it out. We figure it out. Then when we um, then if people just want to go spontaneously, we'll call each other. I'm like, yo, listen, I'm thinking about going this time. Are you doing anything? Mm-hmm. But yeah, we always had a good communication. It was that. a respecting. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Because a lot of people um were wondering if it was uh, a respecting or was it more like uh, I'm letting you know so. Don't think about it. Nah, nah, that because, well, with certain people that might be the factor, but not with us. Mm-hmm. Like, we're like brothers, right? You know what I'm saying? So we always had a respect for each other. Me, mm-hmm. Kevin, Rigo, you know, Reef, a lot of us. So it's never, never that, never that. And and one of the things that I feel like the pandemic brought out in all of you guys was it brought out another side of you guys. Correct. Like people didn't know when it came to your like your lives, for example, that you were so creative. Right, you know, with the costumes and the and the decorations and and stuff like that. Uh, same thing with Rigo and and Kevin. Even even with Reef, a lot of a lot of people didn't even know um, about the even the music that you guys were playing. Right, you know, this was you know early early on when a lot of people were getting cut off on on Instagram Live and. Prior to you, you know, getting verified, shouts to you getting verified on, you. on Instagram, getting that blue check, and um, so that's why you know a lot of people started venturing off into into Twitch. Now, was that something that you considered doing, or it wasn't really like? Because it's a it's a big um, step. I stopped my show. I stopped my dash out your whole show because mm-hmm. um, I see where it was gearing to, and like to me, I feel like it was just good for the time. Mm-hmm. For that time that we was locked down, like, you know, and and I also stopped it too because I started back traveling 
Like I'm always, I was always been an international DJ and like this is what I love. I mm. love to DJ and travel. I like to travel and DJ. So I didn't have enough time to do my show on Sundays because I'm somewhere else or Thursdays. And not only that, I felt like 2002, I want to change my entire brand. Because no matter what you do in life, it's all about elevating mm-hmm. and doing something different. Mm-hmm. You know, so I felt like, all right, 2000, early 2021, Sorry, 2020 to 2021, that was that. That was that child. Now, 2020, 22, it's a different child. Mm-hmm. Wholly, totally, completely different child the world is about to witness. Right. And yeah, that's why, that's why the vibes are on. Nice. So now before I get into the new, the new and improved child, I want to get into... I still want to stay in the pandemic for just a hot second. So do you feel like during the pandemic, it made you a better DJ? As far as music-wise? Like, did it um, give you an opportunity to, like, study music more? Yeah, or? I would say that. I would say it gave me an opportunity to listen to a lot more music than I usually do. Mm-hmm. Because as a DJ, DJ, like, four four times a week, you know, you listen to a lot of music. But... When you're home and you're not DJing and you're listening to different stuff, you know, you, you get you get more mindful of it and you study it differently and you listen to a whole different genre of music and you listen to new music, listen to what the kids are listening to, you listen to what the old folks are listening to. So mm-hmm. um I, I won't say it make me a better DJ, but I said it make me a better um better uh more diverse. Okay. You know what I mean? In a sense of everything. Mm-hmm. That I wasn't paying attention to mm-hmm. before the pandemic, because I've I've noticed since we've come out of quarantine that you have been venturing into other genres of music. Because it seems like you're dominantly into the hip hop, rap, soca, reggae scene. Right. But now it seems like when you are playing at an event whether it's for an hour, two hours, you might venture off into other genres of music. So I feel like, um, and even myself, um, I'm not a full-time DJ as yourself, but you know, I also do DJ and I feel like it also made me dig, in, dig into the history of certain songs and certain rhythms and um certain samples where this music originated from and stuff like that. So now I also want to rewind just a little bit and let's go back to 2016. Okay. 2016 is when you released your first, to my knowledge, your first single. Yes. On all streaming platforms. Right. So how did that come about? I always wanted to, to, to make music. I always wanted to make music. I always wanted to, to sing because like, I felt like me DJing and me singing over the song is like basically like me singing the track. Right. So I'm like, you know what? I always had a, a love and insight for it. So Ricky Blaze is the one that produced that song. A lot of people don't know that me and Ricky Blaze knew each other since she was 11 years old because me and Ricky Blaze went to the same junior high school. Wow. And we went to Winthrop. So we said, so, you know... We, we we knew each other from little kids. Mm-hmm. And his path was DJing into producing. My path was always DJing into DJing. Mm-hmm. And like, as you can see, he turned 
producer artist like Ricky Blaze has you know a lot of hits mm -hmm. he produced a lot of songs that a lot of people don't know you know he's a um a great producer ultimate beat maker and he just keeps on getting hotter and hotter and I told him like yo Blaze listen man like we know each other for so long we never worked with each other I want to do a project with you let's do it he said yo you know I've been thinking the same thing let's do it and we one time just went in the studio and we just, he he made that beat from scratch, bro. Really? That's not a beat he had. That's a mm. beat he made from scratch. You know what I mean? I was like, yo, he's like, what do you want? I was like, I want a BPM of 106, whereas I want the tempo to be a little up, a little more up tempo. Mm -hmm. So he made it and he just had to clap, 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 clap. Then after, he just put in the other drums and everything like that. And I'm like, what do you think we should make this song about? Oh, so he made the beat in front of you on the spot? Yes. Oh. And then after, he's like, I'm like, yo, I want to make a girl song. And he was like, yo, hey, what your name, girl? And I was like, oh, I like that. And I was like, all right, all right. Hey, what your name, girl? Oh, where you come from? He was like, oh. now that's kept on going. Just back at top, I get my weird, girl. And he was like, oh, all right. And after me and him just came up with the song together. So mm -hmm. he was giving me his ideas. I gave him some ideas. And that was it. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. And then you shot the, the video for and it. And I shot the video for it. Right. The video's fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It looked fun. Yeah, we had mad fun shooting that video. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was in that was in New York. Yeah, downtown Brooklyn. Nice, Dumbo. Um, so that was that like uh, something that kind of inspired you to create the next single? Because I know it was you. You know, um, took some some time. I off took some before. time off because like I got really busy to be honest. Right. Like, I was literally in every other continent but the United States of America. Mm -hmm. you know, I was in Asia a lot. I was in, you know, the, um, the I was in Dubai. I was in Bahrain. I was in, like, all over the place, all over the place. Germany, UK, the whole Europe. So it was like, as much as I wanted to do the music, I was just exhausted and just focused on DJing. And pandemic again slowed all that down. down right. So it got me back into the studio with Moto mm -hmm. and he got me in the studio with Problem Child. Mm -hmm. So the next single that I made came out five years later. And you know, that was um um Don't Want No Talk. Mm -hmm. Right? So that was for like a that's like a real vulgar um, vulgar song for the women, whatever, whatever. Right. And um I got a new track out. Mm -hmm. And like you said, like I'm listening to different kind of music and now I'm on a whole like EDM wave right now, whole EDM rave soca type vibes. So that's how the song came about, and it's called um, um, Drunk and High. Right. Because, you know, when you go to a party, like, you don't want to just do nothing. You want to have fun. You want to drink. Yeah. You want to get high. You want to turn up. And that's the whole base of that song right mm -hmm. there. And it's funny because a lot of the DJs that, you know, have been around 10, 15 plus years, I've had conversations with them, and and, and they say that, one of the things that they want to get into is the the whole EDM genre because one, that's where the money is, and two, it's just a different, it's a different vibe, it's a different frequency, as Big Reef would say. Because when you listen to EDM, the feeling it's 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 something that you can't really explain. You just really have to feel it. Right. And from when you know, you first told me that you were going to make the, that you were making the, when I heard about you making the track, 
And, you know, it was a Soka EDM song. I'm like, nah, this is going to be big. Right. Because, like I said about EDM, and then Soka music is just such a big genre of music, especially in New York City, that, like, it's all about feeling. So you're mashing the two together. It's just, like, yeah, crazy. Correct. So, you know, you traveling the world and you, you know, you being so busy. Another thing that that you ventured into during the pandemic was being in the restaurant business. Yes. And I want to say you started this in 2020, correct? 2019. Oh, 19. It was before the pandemic, actually. Okay. Yeah. And this is a Caribbean kitchen. Caribbean kitchen. And um, was that something that you just fell into or you always wanted to get into the restaurant business? I always wanted to get into the restaurant business. I love food. I'm a greedy. Greedy as hell. <laughs> I love food. I love cooking food. I love everything about food. That's another thing you also got into too. Uh, you were doing the, uh, the cooking, cooking show. on yeah, yeah, on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, That's something I just, just wanted to do. Just mm-hmm. in my crib, just wilding out, having fun. Yeah. But owning a restaurant, that's what I always wanted to do. And um, thank you to Upscale Promotions and David Levy for giving me opportunity because when they're opening the Caribbean kitchen, they was like, yo, child, you know, we have this project. Do you want to get aboard with this project? Mm-hmm. I said, of course, you know, I want, I got, this is what I want to do. So we came together, we, get, we got our ideas together and we opened up our first Caribbean kitchen located on Utica, Utica, between um, Eastern Parkway and Union Street in Brooklyn. And yeah, we got a lot more to come in. It's going to be crazy. Right. A lot of more ideas for that 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 Caribbean kitchen as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you plan on expanding? <sighs> Certain things I can't talk about, but of course. We're, I mean, uh, there was a, it was pretty yes or no. Yes, um, <laughs> yes, yes. We, yeah. We're expanding. Yeah, of course. Yes. I, I mean, you don't have to go into details, but um, because, you know, that area is uh kind of congested. So I, I would imagine that you would want to have a bigger yeah, yeah yeah a bigger place. 100 percent And um you know maybe take it start it into a franchise, stuff like that. Yeah. But um because the food is is incredible. Thank you. And Appreciate you know it. you have so many options there and you know it seems like you have so many different ideas, you know, one of them being like the chow box. Right. And um, it's just something different that right. you are, you know, bringing to the table. So, you know, you got the restaurant going, you got, you know, the DJing, you're traveling the world. So I'm pretty sure, you know, a lot of the listeners and, and viewers now would want to know, what is a day in the life for a young child? Like, how do you, like, what is a typical day for, a, a, well, not a normal day, because you don't have normal days, but... What is like a, a a typical day for for you? Without traveling or traveling? Both. Without traveling, young child. And let's say traveling to one city, because I know there's times where, like some weekends, cities. you can go to multiple, multiple cities. You wake up, you know, get yourself together, get on the plane, go to the airport, get on the plane, come off the airport, find something to eat, rest up, work, get up, leave. Mm-hmm. So it's literally bang, 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 bang. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's um typical day with DJ Young Child without traveling. Um, I'm always in a grocery. I'm always in the grocery store for some reason. 
I don't know why. I just <laughs> I was greedy, bro. I just like <laughs> I like and and another thing about me, I'm very creative. So I love to like anything I see, and I never made it before. I make it. Right. Like it don't matter. It don't matter what it is. I don't. I don't even ever limit myself. If I mm-hmm. see something, I'm like, I think I could make that. I just go on YouTube, mm-hmm. and um, and I just study it. Study how they make it. Buy the ingredients and make it. Um, cooking is like literally one of my loves. Mm-hmm. I love to cook. You understand? It's funny you say that because I want to say like back in 2018, 19, we were in Chloe's. You know, just just chilling amongst friends, and one of the things you had said was. I think you had posted a video of you making some dish and we were talking about uh, that that video and you had said, like, yo, I really want to get into cooking, like taking it to another level. And from us having that conversation to now you being in a restaurant business, owning your own restaurant, and you, it seems like now you're making more videos pretty much tutorial videos on Instagram. Now it's just like, you're pretty much a man of your own word. Yes, 100%. Anything I do, I take it serious. Mm-hmm. No matter what it is. Right. If I put my mind to it, I'm going to take it serious. If I tell you like, yo, listen, I'm going to do this, you better know I'm going to do it. Right. You know what I mean? No ifs, no buts about it because I look at life differently, bro, especially through the pandemic, man. Like life is too short to bullshit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Anything you want to do, do it. And do it now. Right. Don't wait. Do aim for. Right. Whatever you want to do, do it now. Right. And that's how I'm living my life. Nice. So you travel the world, or currently traveling the world, I should say. And um, what would be your favorite place that you visited, or one of your favorite, or some of? All right, some of my favorite places. I can't say my favorite place because I don't even know, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Dubai is one of my favorite places. I just love how that city is set up. It's beautiful. Um, I love Japan. You know what? I could say Japan is one of my favorite places. Mm-hmm. It seems like because it seems like that's Japan have so many different areas of Japan. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They have Kyoto. You have Osaka. You have Okinawa. You have like. Tokyo, Tokyo is like New York on steroids. Millions of people everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I mean, then you get to like Osaka, it's like basically like a, I would say like a Cali. Like, it's a, you know, it's like a lot of people, but they're different people. Mm-hmm. Then you have like a Okinawa. Okinawa is an island off the coast of Japan, which is an island. Mm-hmm. It's hot. And it's, and they have the, um, the military and army base over there. So it's a, a lot of Americans over there. So it's basically you in America and Japan. It's dope. So Japan is really very cultural and is a dope place. It's dope. Japan. I love Japan. And they love Caribbean music. Really? They love dance hall and soca. Love it. They I feel they love it more than us. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, I would say Japan is my favorite place. Hands down. I could really say that. Yeah. It's funny you say that because uh, one of the... Uh... DJs that we had for our um, weekly that we had was uh, was Jesso, mm. and shouts to him. And he seemed like he was very into music, like on another level. Yes, like he he really studied it. He yes. really had a passion for it. And to be honest, he played a lot better than most DJs that 
that we bro know. Jesso played better than half the DJs in Brooklyn. Bro. <laughs> like he he really is is up there, and you know, he don't I, speak English, right? <laughs> so no, seriously, <laughs> yeah, he doesn't speak English. Like we're serious. Like he he yeah. really, um, and if he does speak English, it's very very little, very very little. Yeah. So it's like I really wish that you know he he it he really could be one of the best in New York City. But he's mm-hmm. he's really he's really low key, and um, you know you bringing up you know Japan and how they are in the in the music culture, it 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 makes sense. Yeah, and you know from me seeing videos and 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 speaking to other people that have, that have been to Japan and and talk about the nightlife and stuff like that, like it's on another level. Right. And you know, hopefully one day I'll get there to to witness it. But no, hundred percent. You're right. I, I feel like watching you on social media when you would go on tour in Japan, it seemed like that would be your favorite place to go to. Yes, yes. I have a lot of fun there. I have a lot of friends there. I have a lot of fans there. Mm-hmm. Like during the pandemic, dash out your hole and all that. You know what I mean? Brought a lot of fans to DJ Young Chow because of that. And yeah, yeah. You had a lot of Asian. A lot lot of Asians tapping in. A lot, a lot. A lot. And you would think that someone outside of our culture would think that like Asian people don't have rhythm or they don't they don't really but it's the total opposite. It's the opposite. The total opposite. Like when they when the Asian women would tap in to the live, they're getting on bad like yeah, normal girls that we party with on a regular basis, and it's like, yo, yeah, like you don't you don't think of it as like a, oh, this is weird or this is like abnormal. Like you would think you would like hyping her up and stuff right. like that. So, um, I I do appreciate uh you accepting or embracing your international you know fans. So. What would be a country, city, or island that you've never been to, that you want to go to? Sydney, Australia. Really? Why? I've been everywhere else. I've never been there. <laughs> so is, this, is it something that something there that you want no. to experience? Or? No, not really. You just really want to go? I just want to go. I, I love traveling. Cooking, traveling, music. That's what I love. So that's the only continent you haven't touched? Never touched Australia. Wow. Everywhere else. Literally. Wow. Greenland, freaking Iceland, Germany, um, the whole Europe, literally the whole Europe. And the whole Europe was, wasn't because of me, actually. It was because of Egyptian, because I was actually Egyptian's DJ. Really? Yeah. When Hoya, when that song first busts off in the world, you know what I'm saying? Everybody won Egyptian. We did the official Europe tour first. Mm-hmm. You know, VP Records called me. He was like, yo, child, we, he looking for a DJ. I was like, all right, cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's something, like, I never saw Europe. So I was like, I don't mind doing it. We stayed in Europe for about a month and a half, bro. From UK to Italy to Manchester to, to bro, the entire Europe. Entire Europe. So um, I could say I travel the entire world. Australia, and our and our article, but nobody's going there. Nobody right. that shit. Right, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Wow, I never. Um, I would have just assumed that you've you've been there. Like, do you know offhand? Uh, do you have any 
Yeah, you know what's funny? Like, um, I just saw something on somebody's Instagram. They're actually doing Ahsoka parties out there now. And, and, but it's little. It's little. And I'll show you. Yeah, it's little, but they're doing it. Wow. So I'm like, shit, there's a market. Yeah. I should be there. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm going to figure it out. Nice. Nice. So, so that's the only one. That's it. Nice. Um, so now we're transitioning into the end of 20. I mean, well, I know right now we're in 2022, but so you got the restaurant business going, you got, you know, your DJ career taking off. So you've hinted periodically via social media that you had or have, I should say, a clothing line. Yes. Yes. It's called Chow Chow Clothing Brand. Okay. All right. It's basically, you know, I'm using my name, Chow, but it's not C-H-O-W. It's C- um, there's two, I put two Chows in it. So C-A-I-O, mm-hmm. which like, you know, the Italian use Chow, right. you know, and I use my last name. Mm-hmm. So it's Chow Chow. And we, I'm doing different type of styles of how I dress mm-hmm. because like I dress different. I dress like sometimes I'll dress hood. Sometimes I'll put on like a blazer. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll dress preppy. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, you know what? I'm wearing everybody else's brand. Let me figure out how to make my own brand. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So this is like a depiction of me that I'm giving to the world. Right. So like the clothing line is actually really dope. I mean, like, from the pieces that you that you've displayed on 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 Instagram, it's like fire. It's, nah, it's you ain't seen nothing yet, bro. Really? Yeah, it's mm. coming out next month. Next month. Yeah. Nice. So, is this something that are you gonna do online? Are you gonna do? Yes, online? online websites, everything. You could purchase it online. You can also pick it up in the stores. Okay. You know, I have a store that we're gonna not Chow Chow store, but somebody mm. else's store that we're gonna put it in. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Nice. So. Before we get into uh, our last two segments, I want to, you know, well, first off, I want to just say there's a couple things that, you know, that I've learned from you and I actually apply it to this day as far as being a part of the nightlife. And one of the things is, you know, promotion. When it comes to you throwing your, whether it's your annual birthday party or just annual events, not now because of the pandemic, but prior to the pandemic, you know, you threw annual events, um, whether it was the Halloween party, whether it was all white party, um, your birthday party, you know, there there is a reason why whenever you would reach out to me as far as like, yo, I want you to, you know, throw some posters up for me or whatever. It was just like, I stop what I'm doing and I'm, you know, helping you out because one, I genuinely wanted to do it. And two, it was a learning experience right. because myself, I wasn't really the, the, in the streets promotion uh, promoter. I was more so word of mouth. Mm-hmm. So... Um, one of the things that I can, that I could say I've learned from you was just being consistent, 
Thank you. And, you know, promoting, whether it's online or in person, you know, there's times, you know, you had me outside four, five, six in the morning handing out flyers. Yeah. Putting flyers in the cars. Um, standing outside of clubs, handing out flyers and stuff like that. So uh, I want to thank you for giving me the opportunity just to be on board, just nah, helping out. Anytime, bro. And, you know, we're, we're, we're here to... The end result is to make money, and but also it's something that we want to have fun and enjoy doing. Correct. So... That's one thing. Another thing is, you know, growing up, you know, like you just said, you you have your 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 sense of fashion is is different. And I can attest to the same thing because growing up, a lot of people didn't really understand my style. Like there were times where I would go to a typical party where you would dress, you know in casual, whether it's jeans, t-shirt, hoodie, stuff like that. But I might want to spice it up a little because I always wanted to stand out. And people who really know me, hence the name of the podcast, Silent Noise, I'm not a loud person, but when I do speak, I want it to be heard. I want to speak through my clothing. I want to speak so that I'm noticed, but not to be flashy. Gotcha. Or just to be like, oh, you're showing off. You're, you know, you're just doing it for the gram or whatever, whatever. So, I have taken some, you know, like fashion tips from you, uh, do's and don'ts. So, I do, you know, appreciate you for doing that as well. No problem. So, the last thing that I want to have you tell the viewers, the listeners. If you can, because, you know, during the pandemic, you kind of showed a different side of you as far as you being fun, energetic, and stuff like that, which some people who already know you know you're like that. But if you can, name five fun facts that people don't know about you. Five fun facts. And if you can't name five, you know, maybe three. I like to read. Okay. I like to read. Reading is fundamental. You know, I like knowledge. I like to learn new things. Um, that's one. Two, I'm a very social, antisocial person. I think that's Leo in me. You know, when I'm out and about with everybody, you know, I'm very social. Mm-hmm. You know, what's up to everyone? But like, once I get out of that world, I like to be by myself. I know it's weird, but I don't know. I just like to be by myself. Gather my thoughts, figure out the next plan. Mm-hmm. Um, three. Yeah, I'm a fat boy at heart, man. <laughs> and everybody, I think everybody knows that right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We you know? do. We do. But I just like I like like I'm not scared to try new foods. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I say I would try anything once. If I like it, I like it. If I don't like it, I don't like it. And I think social media plays a, a big role in that because we already know that you love to eat, but now you can portray it to the world yeah. that you love to eat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 100%. I'm greedy as fuck. <laughs> yeah. 
But yeah, man, that's about it. Everybody else know everything about me. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we have a segment on the show called This or That. So basically, you just pick of the two, which one you prefer. And um, uh, I'm going to give you five that you, you can okay. from. So the first one is Reggae or Soka. Soka. Now, I'm going to ask you why. I already know the answer why, but why Soka over reggae? Because I'm a carnival baby. Not not because of the fact that my parents are Trinidadian, no. I love Soka because it puts you in a different kind of element, puts you in a different mood. Soka is like a real happy kind of music, mm-hmm. you know? And me, I like to whine. I like to whine on women. Mm-hmm. You know, and women love Soka and they like to dance to Soka. Mm-hmm. So I like to see women dance and I like to dance on women. Yeah. So Soka. No, not saying that you can't dance a dance hall to, to you can't you can dance a woman and dance hall, yeah, which is a different, different, feeling, different yeah. vibe. Yeah, totally yeah. different. Yeah. Now, what would you say? Quick sidebar would be your favorite carnival besides Trinidad. Besides Trinidad, Jamaica, and I say Jamaica because um, they play dance hall on the road, mm-hmm. so you know. I love my soca music, but it's kind of fire to hear like in a carnival on a float some dancehall, like you know everybody in their costumes and hearing Mancho Lashia mm-hmm. Fling. You're like, oh shit! Like yeah. this is kind of dope. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. yeah. So in Trinidad, that would that's unheard of. You mm-hmm. don't play any kind of dancehall reggae in a carnival, mm-hmm. never. You know what I'm saying? You probably get banned for that on the road. Right. So yeah. So Jamaica and and it's vibes too because, you know. To see like all these Jamaicans in their costumes, you know, enjoying soca music is a love too because back in the days you couldn't play no soca in no Jamaican parties. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Back in the days you went to Jamaica, they didn't want to hear no soca. Mm-hmm. But now things just change. Yeah. They love soca. Jamaicans love soca. They love soca now. <laughs> Every Jamaican girl I talk to, they're like, yo, yeah, I need soca. Like, yeah, don't worry, I'll soca. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, yeah. yeah. Um, the next one would be. Dressing casual or dressing formal? It's a funny question because I, I dress for the occasion. So I don't know how to answer that question because I always dress for the occasion. Mm-hmm. Depending on where I'm going, depending on who I'm meeting, that's how I dress. But I'll say formal. I like I like formal. Because I was going to say, would you rather basically dress like how you dress now or would you like to dress like say for like a black excellence when you're just in a suit tie tuxedo type of attire um i like how i dress now but i love the dress i love dressing up in a tuxedo and all that mm-hmm. it's just that it's a little uncomfortable sometimes right because i'm a you know i'm a very energetic person mm-hmm. and i like to move, move around, around and, and stuff yeah. and when that shit is all up in your neck and yeah, yeah, it's really yeah. hard for you to mm-hmm. maneuver but um i'll say both Throwing a party or DJing a party? DJing a party. Throwing a party is a fucking headache. <laughs> Throwing a party is a headache. Big you know what I'm saying? You know, of course there's perks, but the headache behind throwing a party, bro, mm-hmm. it's too much. Mm-hmm. So I'd rather just DJ. Hire me to DJ. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, so just I'm, play I'm, a little hour or two and just... And I'm good. Go on. Yes. So you brought up 
you know, the first one we brought up was, you know, Reggae Ahsoka. So these last two, um, gonna venture into those two genres of music. Ding Dong or Elephant Man? Wow. Ding Dong. Now, I don't know if you have a relationship with Elephant Man, but I know you have a relationship with Ding Dong. Me and Ding Dong is a really good friend. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just going to say Ding Dong just to say Ding Dong. I'm saying Ding Dong because I know him for so long. I see where he came from. And I see, like, the path he's on, you know. And from Badman pull up to 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 fling, to flurry, to all these dances that's hot. Mm-hmm. Like, his energy is crazy, too. Mm-hmm. You know, big up to Elephant Man. That's actually a good question, because Elephant Man energy is a whole different monster beast, right. you know. So, like, till this day. But I just, I would rock with Ding Dong. Ding Dong is my man. It's like, he, like, mm-hmm. he... Like he knows what it is, you know. So because they both were around, where they when they were in their 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 peak during the same time, because they have similar styles of of music as right. far as like the dancing and having dance dances with their songs. Right. So I feel like they're like two of the pioneers when it comes to the dance hall scene in Jamaica. They. Or even all Elephant over the Man, world. Ding Dong for dancing is the top two mm-hmm. for the dancing world, for dance hall. And there's no going around that. Right. You know what I'm saying? Nobody can ever say that they have more hits than Elephant Man or Ding Dong mm-hmm. or have the party going crazy like them. Right. Till this day. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, The last one, <laughs> Marshall or Bungie. God. <laughs> there's two different, even though they're soca artists, they have two different styles. Mm-hmm. You know, Bungie is from the hood. Right. So he have a more, you know, vulgar, I won't say vulgar, he have a more different kind of approach to his music. Right. More as Marshall, he's not, he's not the key. Marshall, from a little baby, to to now he's singing about whining and singing, which is like I said, it's two different type of styles. So I really can't, I really can't answer that question. I would say both with them too. The two big pioneers of the music, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah. So here on um, on uh, Silent Noise podcast, we have uh. Not really a saying, but we have a segment, as you would say, where we basically big up our Black-owned businesses, Black-owned anything. And every episode, I bring to the forefront a business or um, clothing line or whatever it is, but it's black owned. So today, my black owned business is named Ernest Foods. And it's a grocery store that's actually black owned. Wow. And it's actually out here in Queens, believe it or not. That's dope. And um, 
I said, you know, one day I, I would check it out and, um, you know, pick up a few things from there. So um, I know you like to shop. So um, the name of the uh, the place is called Ernest, E-A-R-N-E-S-T Foods. You can find them on social media. They're pretty much open every day except Saturday. And, um, you know, just show them some love. You know, it's a black, it's a black owned supermarket. Uh, like how you, many, sir. how many black owned supermarkets do you know of? Big shout out to Ernest, um, Ernest Foods. Er, Ernest Foods? Yeah. So big up to Ernest Foods, man. Young child's definitely coming to support you soon because that's dope. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Something different, you know? You heard it here first. So, um, it definitely was, was a pleasure having you here today, you know, kicking off the, uh, the new year. You know, now we have, we have video now. So look out for us on YouTube. And um, we're actually on Spotify now, too. We've been on SoundCloud for a while, but we are on Spotify and I want to say Anchor. And we're coming to uh, to Apple Podcasts really, really soon. So is there anything that you want to let the viewers know? I know you, you said you have the, the clothing line coming next month. So. Yeah, so next month, clothing line coming out. Look out for a new venture for Caribbean Kitchen. Look out for, um, like I said, 2020, is a whole different young child. So um, I'm putting together some events that I've never did before. Look out for those. Nice. You know what I'm saying? Like these events are just very upscale, very different. Um, you want to find out more information about me, hit up my Instagram, Facebook, you know, Twitter, at DJ Young Child. DJ Y O U N G C H O W. Um, Hot 97 every Sunday, 8 to 9 o'clock, different Sundays. And you know, just follow us. You see the vibes. And you got the single out as well, too. And I got the brand new single out. It's all called streaming platforms. All streaming, every streaming platform. Wherever there you get is. your music from. Like wherever you think of, we put it on. Like literally. Um, Drunk and High, produced by Team Fox. Sung by your truly DJ Young Child. And um, thank you. Thank you, CJ. Appreciate this interview. It was amazing. Appreciate you know? it. It's cool. I see what you're doing with yourself. I'm trying. And, man. and I'm I love trying. it. I'm trying. You know, from the first time I met you till now, I always seen that you had this go getter energy in you. And if you keep it up, bro, the possibilities are endless. Right. And going forward, you know, I I want to take this to, to another level. Like, the end goal is to to get on the big screen, All right. and and I really just want to just do something different. Like I don't want to just you know the typical podcast. You know we sit down and we have we have talks and yes, it's it's good to know you know about an individual. But my goal is to have the people that are in our communities, whether it's you DJ, you sing, you. You 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 draw, you dance, you're a comedian, whatever it is, and you know just put them on a platform so the world can know, the world can see now, you know what it is that you you do for a living, what it is, what happens behind behind the scenes. So, you know, there's a lot of podcasts out there that you know they they have the current celebrities and the big the big names and all of these people that are on social media, you know that are very popular, why not have the people that are, you know, our own peers and people that are in our own communities? Correct. And sit down and have a conversation with them. The only difference is this year, 
And going forward, I just want to up it. Okay. So, you know, we're going to get into skits. We're going to get into, you know, whether it's cooking lessons or, you know, just trying different things. Dope. Let's dope. Let's dope. Trying different things. So, this has been another great episode. Uh, you can follow the podcast, Silent Noise Podcast, pretty much anywhere on social media. I'm your host, CJ, and we are out of here. Peace. I'm ready. I'm not tired no more. I'm ready to go. It's your child time. You better wake up.